0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back, back with another episode of Capes Corner. I am your host of Capes Corner, Darius Capers, aka Kung Fu Cape on the Twitch, aka Darius underscore Capers, or at Darius Capers on all the social medias. Yes, you see me rocking at Capers Cares Foundation merch, man, you know. Make sure you also tap in with them, tap in with Big Bro this foundation doing big things in 2023, man. Yes, you heard me right. 2023. Happy, happy, happy new year to all of the listeners out there, man. Everybody listening far and wide. We truly appreciate you for sticking with us. This was an idea we had at the about the start of football season in 2022. And look at us a few months later or a season later. We are still going and we truly appreciate you guys for listening all the follows on Instagram, I believe we're up to 51 followers now. It might not seem like a lot to some, but when you started at zero, we are appreciative of that 51 follower benchmark. We're also at up to 14 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Again, when you start at zero, anything's better than zero. So please keep running those numbers up in this 2023, man. We are pushing for big, big things coming up with the Dynasties, man. And I truly are salute and appreciate all of y'all for doing that for us. Man, a lot has happened in sports since the last time Henry and I have came to you guys, or since any of the dynasties have came to you guys last. Man, oh man, oh man! The last few days, we are going to touch on a couple things. You know, uh, I want this episode just to kind of be a, like I mentioned, welcome to the new year, and and touch a few topics. I'm going to first off start by giving basketball a little nod, man. Goat James, aka LeBron James. You guys know him. Everybody knows him. Six foot nine, 250 pound, the kid from Ackerman. Salute to LeBron. Happy belated birthday to LeBron. He turned 38 on December 30th, which was last Friday. And boy, oh boy, did he have a game against Atlanta. He played off. He played 40 minutes in the game, 47 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists. Started off one of five, but he definitely finished strong. He was the driving force for a Lakers team that is currently still missing Anthony Davis. They don't know when he'll come back, but if LeBron keeps playing like this, and he gets 19 and 17 from a Thomas Bryant, 14, 11, and eight from Russ. They'll be able to do some things, man. Uh, a team that's very been very disappointing this year, man. The, the Atlanta Hawks. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. They're uh, they're right outside the playoffs in the East, but. They made that trade hoping to try to win a championship. So we don't know what's going on with them, but it wouldn't be a sports podcast without giving LeBron James a salute, man. And a happy belated birthday from all of us here at Dynastiers, man. We appreciate what you do, man. And we just want to say congrats to getting a victory and salute to another year of life. Uh, also, the Dynastiers were live live from the Charlotte Hornets game. Yes, you're hearing that correct. Myself and my girlfriend Melissa, we uh, we attended the New Year's Eve Charlotte Hornets game. The Charlotte Hornets took on the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets prevailed 123 to 106. It was an interesting game, to say the least. Kevin Durant and Kyrie did not have to play that much. I know their 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 minutes are saying Kyrie played thirty three, Kevin Durant played thirty, but watching the game, they didn't have to play as often as you would think. I mean, their bench played really well. Utah Juan Ube came off in nineteen minutes, had eleven points. T.J. Warren came back to North Carolina, his old stomping grounds, and was really uh, put up a good ten points. He played thirty one minutes, was definitely able to give Kevin Durant a break and he played a lot for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, man. I that's another guy that's kind of disappointing people this year, but hopefully hopefully by the time the playoffs roll around, they'll be they'll be good, they'll be strong to to make a push in the playoffs. Like I said, seeing Kevin Durant playing person, man, 23 points in 30 minutes, 9 of 15. He was one of six from 3, but when I tell you, he made it look so effortless out there. It was insane. There were people closing out on him. I believe Jalen McDaniels, Jalen McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing his name for the Charlotte Hornets, he was the primary defender on Kevin Durant. It didn't matter. Jalen, Jaden McDaniels. I know there's two of them in the league, a Jaden and a Jalen McDaniels. The one for the Charlotte Hornets, he's about 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". Good player. He's a good defender. He's He's a good athlete. I remember when he came into the league. But, man, it just – it didn't really matter, man. Kevin Durant was getting to his spots in the mid-range, just elevating and it didn't matter, man. It truly didn't. Uh, Kyrie Irving, another guy, man, 28 points, six rebounds, four assists, 11 of 19. He made it look really easy as well. They, Those two together is something, man. Combining for, what is this, 51 points on on, on 34 shot attempts, it's not too many duels I can do that in the league. So I truly appreciate it, being able to see them play before their careers are done. I know they are getting up into their 30s. We don't know how much longer they have in this league. So I'm truly, truly grateful that I was able to see those two superstars play in person. LaMelo Ball for the Charlotte Hornets was playing well, 23 points, 11 assists, seven boards. He was fighting with a triple-double. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well but nobody really shot the ball well for the Hornets except Mason Plumlee. I said this numerous – I found myself saying this numerous times watching the game. Mason Plumlee seemed like their second best player. Like, I I don't know if that's what they were going for. I'm pretty sure that's not what they were going for because although I love Mason Plumlee, he's a Duke guy. He uh, stayed home playing for Charlotte. He's been in the league for a while. He's played for a lot of teams, and he's been a mainstay in the league. That's a good – good big man but 22 and 10 you can't beat that 9 of 14 4 for 4 from the free throw line he really was looking like their their second best player to Lamelo during that game terry Rozier started off slow in the first half started getting it going in the second half pj washington 12 points i mean he, he was getting cooked by kd gordon hayward man that's my guy i love gordon hayward's game so much he can fit with anybody but Two points, three bounds, three assists, one to seven in 29 minutes. That's that's not gonna get it done, man. Not when they're trying to beat a team like the Brooklyn Nets. So the Brooklyn, the the Brooklyn Nets, like I mentioned, won and uh on January 2nd today, the Hornets are actually playing the Lakers at home. So I would have loved to have seen that game, but you know, gotta get back to it, man. And uh the Nets going to play the Spurs, so those two those are two games for those next two teams that are that that will be coming next. Uh now we have to get to something else that took place over over the New Year holiday before we came back to you guys, the college football playoff. Yes, you know we have touched college football a little bit on here. I know especially I have giving mock drafts, talking about guys that I'm very interested in coming to the next level. And man, oh man, when I tell you this was the best semifinals we have seen in a college football playoff, and this is coming from a guy that's an Oklahoma Sooners fan. We've been into the college football playoff a few times. Kyler Murray, we went there with with Bake, we went there with Jalen Hurts. They weren't close. We played far superior teams. Kind of makes sense, you know. Alabama's, the Ohio States, the Georgias, the mainstays in that game. They they get the guys on offense and defense. Oklahoma more so gets them on offense. And so, just seeing these two games, man, it was amazing. First off, I wanna I wanna start off by really tipping my hat to TCU and to Max Duggan. Henry was a tremendous. Well, Henry was a, a huge fan. Henry and Corey, but I'll give Corey his flowers too. They're both were huge fans of Max Duggan. I like his game. I feel like he's a good college quarterback. In the pros, I'm not sure how it's going to translate. He's going to have to become a better throw of the football. 225 yards and through the air, two tuds, 57 on the ground, two tuds rushing. I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, 280, 282 all-purpose yards, four scores. He did turn the ball over twice by throwing two picks, but with, with the way they're playing, man, that kid Johnson, they have a receiver. He's going to be playing on Sundays. He's a stud. I now see why they had him mocked as wide receiver one. I mean, I didn't have him mocked over Jordan Addison, but I see why now. He has the size. He has the speed. He took a shallow cross, 76 yards in that game against Michigan. So, I, I, I'm I starting to see it now. It, I mean, maybe I missed it all year. I know he was hurt for a part of this season, but he's a stud. And I apologize, Q Johnson. I, I wish I I wish I could pronounce your, your first name. I don't want to mispronounce it, but I apologize. Look, what what does it mean The Shaq say? I apologize. I didn't know your game, but now I know your game. And I'm looking forward to seeing you play on Sundays. You are a stud. Max Duggan, you played well, man. Michigan, man, Michigan fell short. JJ McCarthy played a tremendous game, three hundred forty-three yards to the air, two tuds. Did turn over twice, pick wise, but he rushed for fifty-two yards and got another score on the ground. You can't argue with how he played. Almost four hundred all-purpose yards, three scores. They played a really good game, man. I, uh, I was proud with how they played. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of other analysts were saying they might have been too gimmicky and I agree. That kid they got a running back Edwards. Edwards was killing once corn went out. I don't see why he only had 23 attempts compared to McCarthy throwing it 34 times. They really seem to run people out of the stadium every week. So them kind of deviating from that to going to more of a passing style offense. Maybe they're getting ready for next year, but if I'm not mistaken Edwards will be back next year. So but McCarthy's a stud, man. He's going to be a good pro. As long as, as long as he's staying under the tutelage of Harbaugh, they're going to be a good team. I really would have loved to see them run it against Georgia in the in championship, but, you know, it's okay. They just got outplayed by a better team. TCU's a Big 12 team that, that came ready to play, and nobody chose them in the regular season. Nobody chose them in the preseason. They were unranked. That's why you play the games. That's why you play football, man, right there. And now we're getting to the big game. This was the big game for me, and I will tell you why. You might look on the surface and see that UGA beat Ohio State, 42-41. to Of course, that's kind of what we expected. The Georgia Bulldogs have been the favorite all year to win the Natty again. Stetson Bennett, man. I tweeted this actually during the game or a little bit after the game. Is Stetson Bennett an NFL quarterback? I'm I'm starting to believe because 23 of 34, 398 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he also rushed the touchdown. If you take away the sacks, he got sacked twice. If you take those away, he rushed the touchdown. So four all-purpose touchdowns, about over 400 yards rushing, I mean, 400 yards of all-purpose, four scores. You can't beat that. I mean, he, of course, he's not going to wow you with his arm strength. He's not going to wow you with his size. He's not going to – He's not going to be the most accurate, but if you get him with talent, he can get talent the ball in the right spots, in the right places, and they can make stuff happen. Brock Bowers is one of my favorite players in college football. He is going to be a first-round pick as a tight end. The tight end position is just evolving. Brock Bowers is a guy – they got another tight end, Washington, who's was about a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, guy, who's also going to be a high draft pick. He's a guy. I, I know they lost him for the for the game. I, I hope he's able to run in the championship game. But if not, he'll still go on and be about a third, fourth-round pick in the draft and get paid pretty well, play pretty well. So I truly like Stetson Bennett as a as a player. I feel like he can wow somebody. He can be a, he can be a NFL backup. I truly believe that. Now, this is what surprised me the most. C.J. Stroud in the Ohio State offense. C.J. Stroud threw for 348 yards, four touchdowns. Also rushed for about another 60 yards if you're taking away the four sacks that he had. C.J. Stroud showed me that he might be quarterback one. My issue with C.J. Stroud, and I said this during the mock draft, I, I had CJ Stroud going top five. I truly do believe a quarterback DD team will trade up to get him, especially after seeing this performance. But my, my drawback with CJ Stroud was the fact how he played in big games. He seemed to, to be too timid in big games. This is the biggest game of your life. And when I tell you CJ Stroud showed up, CJ Stroud was – the best player on the field. He showed something that he had not showed all season. He showed the ability to move, the ability to to, to not only get you and beat you with his with his arm, but to beat you with his legs. If you would have shown this all season, I don't see why he wouldn't have won the Heisman Trophy over Caleb Williams. And I'll be honest with you, because CJ Stroud was a player. Don't get me wrong, he has some great weapons egg 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 booka egg, Buka, egg Buka for them he's a he's a receiver Eight catches 112 yards a score marvin harrison junior is going to be the next great receiver in the nfl coming out of ohio state he had five catches 106 yards two scores if he wouldn't have got knocked out we might be looking at this game a lot differently now the most disappointing thing about this game was the georgia defense but even in still, I'm picking them over TCU. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting to. My prediction for the college football playoff, Georgia routes them by 17. Keely Ringo, you're going to have to make up for how Marvin Harrison torched you in that first half. You're going to have them. You're going to pull that matchup Johnson in the t- college football championship. I'm letting you know now. People were saying your tape was boring. People were saying that you weren't as good one-on-one. That's where you can show, and you can help your mock draft, and you can help your draft status a lot. Jalen Carter, one tackle. That, 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 those D-tackles, man, it's hard to really you know, impact the game much from the middle like that because you're going against guards, you're going against centers. That's what makes Aaron Donald such a great player. Jalen Carter, you have to help that defense. If you guys allow TCU to get comfortable, get rolling, this team has shown that they can put up 50 points in a game. Michigan's not a bad defensive team by any means. Don't don't take them lightly. That's all I'm going to say. Do not take them lightly because if you do, you guys will be disappointed and you guys will be one of the biggest college football letdowns in the last few years. So going from college football, we're gonna take a look at these NFL games and uh kind of kind of get everybody ready for the last week of the season. So uh this past week, week 17, we had some had some important games and we had some not important games to say the least. Thursday night was definitely an important game. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Tennessee Titans 27 to 13. Bayer, one game back from Philly, who choked another one against the Saints. Man, twenty to ten. They're showing that they need Jalen Hurts, and they're showing that that good old the shaggy hair dude he he might not be the he might not be it. Man, I, I like I like Gardner Minshew a lot, man. But come on, bro, how many how many turnovers can you have? Two starts, he has six turnovers. Three interceptions and three fumbles. Excuse me, seven. Four fumbles and three interceptions and two starts? It's not going to get the job done, man. It's, it's just not. They're, I mean, the receivers they have, besides Devontae, A.J. Brown, four catches, 97 yards. I know he scored, but Dallas got it. Three catches for 45 yards. Quest Watkins had a goose egg. I, they're, missing, they're missing Jalen Hurts, man. They're missing their leader, so we got to keep a watch that on that NFC race. Um, the Giants clinched 38-10 to against the Colts. We're going to see some, some football, playoff football in New York. <laughs> we'll get to that a little later. Uh, the Washington Commanders, like I predicted, I'll get to that as well. They fell flat on their faces against the Cleveland Browns, 24-10. to The Jacksonville Jaguars, I will get to them as well. They... They won 31 to 3, and it's looking like they'll have a shot at the playoffs as well. The Lions kept pace with the with the Green Bay Packers, beat the Bears 41 to 10. Man, Justin Fields struggled in that game. Let's just talk about that real quick. Seven of 21 for 75 yards, scoring a pick, seven completions, seven sacks, man. They have to get that kid some help. I they traded for Clay for Chase Claypool. What has Chase Claypool done? That's all I'm going to say. I, I wasn't a fan of that move for them. Giving up a second-round pick for a above-average, average receiver, it's not showing dividends. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Cardinals 20-19. to The Chiefs beat the Broncos 27-24. As I predicted as well, the Patriots beat the Dolphins. That would have been important if we would have took care of business this week, but it's okay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another prediction that I got correct. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about all the stuff I got correct. I don't know if y'all can tell. And y'all are going to see why in a little bit. Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Panthers 30 to 24, locked up that division, locked up their chances in the playoffs. The Chargers beat the Rams 31 to 10. Seahawks beat my Jets 23 to 6. Man, 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 man. This game brought us a lot of clarity. We're still a quarterback away. This game also brought us a lot of clarity on the inside of our defense that we need some more linebacking help. So uh we're gonna to get to that. Uh the Green Bay Packers, like I said, they uh they're holding firm to that seventh seed. Demolish the Vikings, man. Demolish them 41 to 17. I just ah, I do not love those Vikings whatsoever. They are backflipping in not a good way into the playoffs. They fell down to the three seed, and uh, they actually fell down to the three seed behind the San Francisco 49ers, who beat a Raiders team that that started Jared Stidham versus Brock Purdy. Who would have thought that would be the starting quarterback matchup in that game? Both quarterbacks played pretty solid. Stidham, 365 yards, three tuds, two picks. Rushed for 34 yards. And Devontae Adams looked like his old self, man. So, Darren Waller even made a made an appearance in the game. Who would have thought that? So, maybe the Raiders deciding to bench Derek Carr wasn't a bad thing. So, um, Brock Purdy played well. He got in a shootout and he won them the game. Christian McCaffrey, man, he's been he's been everything and more for them. The Pittsburgh Steelers. 16 to 3 against the Ravens and they are still in the playoff hunt as well believe it or not. So and tonight the Monday Night Football game is the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals and that is a major major game for the for the for the playoff implications because the winner of that game will hold the tiebreaker on the Chiefs and that team and that is important because if the Chiefs slip up next week, they'll have four losses. Let's just say the Bengals win, and then the Bengals win next week. The Bengals will have that one seed. So this is an important game for that one seed. As long as the Chiefs keep winning, they should be okay. But if the Bills are to win win next week, they, they might surpass them for that one seed. But looking at the playoff matchups right now, the playoffs are looking like this. The Chiefs are holding firm to that one seed in AFC with the Bills at two, Bengals at three, the Jags at four. And impressive to see Trevor Lawrence in, in, in the playoffs. I'm ready to see that. Five seed is the, the Chargers, six seed is the Ravens, seven seed is the Dolphins. Now looking at teams that still have a shot at the playoffs for that seven seed, it looks like the Patriots and the Dolphins. If the if the Patriots win next week against against the Bills and the Dolphins lose to us, then the Patriots will get in. But if they both win, I believe the Dolphins will get in because the Dolphins own that tiebreaker. But, I mean, I truly don't even think it matters. I think they're playing to see who's going to get beat by the Bills. So, But um, in terms of the Dolphins' schedule, let's take a look at that. So the, the Patriots beat them. This past week and then when they played earlier on in the season, then when they played earlier on in the season, then they beat the Patriots. So it's one one. I don't know how to decide that, but I like I said, I don't truly think it matters. They'll be playing to see who loses to the Chiefs or who loses to the Bills first. So they'll just get an extra game, <laughs> extra couple of days of practice, right? So it's not going to be nothing too major. But the conference I really want to get to is this NFC, man. This NFC is a lot less cut and dry than the AFC because the AFC essentially is a, is a three-team race for the one seed. The Jags are locked in at the four because, I mean – the Titans are trash. No one believes the Titans will come back and get that division for them. So, and then the the Chargers and the Ravens are already locked in. The only other team that could give them any 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 fight for that seven seed is the Steelers. And I would love to see the Steelers get in. I really do. I predicted at the beginning of the season that the AFC East would be a one playoff team. I could see a world where the Patriots and the Dolphins lose this lose this next week and the Steelers win, and the Steelers get in so if that happens you heard it here first getting over to that NFC the Eagles are still holding firm with that one seed but they were game up on the 49ers and the Vikings that is where things get a little hairy because even though the Vikings fell down to that three seed If the Eagles sit Jalen Hurts again and they lose and the 49ers win, the 49ers have a better conference record and they will surpass them for that one seed. I think Jalen Hurts is going to play this week because they need to keep that one seed. Uh, But like I said, San Fran at two, Minnesota at three. My Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm not going to say mine because I don't like them, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I chose to come out of the NFC. They locked up the division with that win over the Panthers this past week. The Cowboys are locked in at that five seed. The Giants at the six seed and the seven seed is between three teams, Seattle, Detroit, and the Packers. Seattle's holding firm to that now, but if the Packers win, the Packers will get in the playoffs. The winner of that Packers Lions game at Lambeau next week will determine who gets that seven seed. And I don't want to be that person, but nobody wants to see Aaron Rodgers in the first round. So if, I, I don't I don't know if Seattle will get it. Uh I'm not I'm not too certain on Seattle right now. They beat us, but they didn't look tremendous. I mean, Mike White kind of helped them, <laughs> aided them in that victory against us. So I mean, it kind of is what it is with that seven seed. And I also say that's a little different than the AFC for the simple fact of. If the Vikings somehow get back to that two seed, then oh man, Green Bay versus Minnesota is at seven to two. That will not be a good. That would not be a good matchup for Minnesota. Minnesota, I could see a world where Minnesota goes home in that first round. And honestly, even that three to six matchup, if they have to play, if they have to play one of these tougher teams in that first round, which they most likely will do, being the three seed now. If they have to see that Giants team, the Giants, the Giants play, they they they're the way they play. It it counteracts the Vikings really bad. I mean, they run the ball, they play good defense. Daniel Jones takes care of the ball, which is something that Car that that Kirk Cousins has not been able to do. And that three six or that two seven can be can be. I hate to say it, but it can be bad for those Vikings, man. They can they can be sent home early, and I would not be surprised. So if we're looking at this, my my Super Bowl prediction still holds firm, still holds true. I can still see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out. They got that matchup with Dallas as a four-five in round one. I don't think Tom Brady's scared of them. He saw what he did to them week one. I know it's a different team, but with the way. Tampa looked against Carolina, which is a pretty comparable defense to, I would say, a, a, a Dallas. Because Carolina defensively is good. They're really good defensively. They run the ball really well. I can see a world where Tampa gets Dallas up out of here. My upset watches for the playoffs. Tampa over Dallas. Whoever <laughs> over the Vikings. And I'm interested to see that Jags and Chargers matchup at the four or five because I believe the Jags will lock it up this next this upcoming week. That'll be a good matchup. That'll be a good matchup. So uh that's what we got there in terms of the football. And speaking of football, like I said at the beginning of the show, man, this this past football season has led myself led my brother led a couple of my friends to want to just come on here and talk to you guys and just you know tell you guys what we're thinking sports wise and just talk about football you know to over listen because people love football everywhere and so that also led to you know me being one of the the founding members I'll say of the dynasty's podcast have a lot of predictions you know Predicted a a lot over the course of 17 weeks, 18 weeks. Some of it was good. Some of it was bad. And I have a couple of those things right here. So, you know, just to rub my nose in it a little bit, you know, uh, where Cape went right this football season. First and foremost, I would like to start right where I should. The Washington Commanders, specifically Carson Wentz. Now, I'll be honest with you. There were parts in the season where my, my Washington Commanders take We're starting to lose a little validity. I'll be honest with you. You know, they they had a nice little stretch at a point in time during the season when they were down. They were about one of four after week five. That was big chest, big business. You know, oh, the commanders are trash. I told you guys they weren't going to be good. Then they tripped and fell and hit their heads and beat the Bears. Then they beat the Packers. Then they beat the Colts then they lose to the Vikings on a field goal, then they beat the Eagles, then they beat the Texans, then they beat the Falcons, and through about a seven-game stretch, they were 6-1, and and I was scared. I'll be honest with you. I I was scared. I was scared because Henry, Reese, Alex, they all believed in the commanders, but I knew you know how Shannon Sharp always says the Cowboys are going to do cowboyish things? The Commanders are going to do commanderish things. And when I tell you they fell on their face the last four weeks of the season, completely nosedived. After they beat the Falcons, they played the Giants, tied, had a bye week, came off the bye week flat. Lost to the Giants, lost to the 49ers and lost to the Browns this past week. And I especially want to talk about Carson Wentz because one of our most viral moments on this podcast, man, not to chew the horn or anything, but got about a total of 2,800 views, you know, 1,400 on the gram, 1,400 on YouTube. I was saying there is no reason why We should be defending this man, Carson Wentz, as much as we do. If anybody else had done been through three teams and overstayed their welcome in three teams, we would be asking for them to be out the NFL, especially at a quarterback position, right? And Carson Wentz not only did that, but he burned bridges at all three organizations. You can't tell me that the Colts would have much rather had an aging Matt Ryan than bringing him back after the, the the pretty average season, pretty good season he had with the Colts. I feel like the Colts would have much rather had a guy that they liked in the locker room, though. The Commanders seem to play better with an undrafted quarterback. Who, after his time in the NFL is done, needs to sign a partnership with a beer company. Then playing for the first-round pick, Carson Wentz. Ron Rivera decided to go with Carson Wentz against the Browns to get a spark. And his lighter was out of lighter fluid. 16 of 28, 143 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Now, the other dynastyers were saying, "Oh, he gets sacked so much. He's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in the league. He got sacked three times." Another thing the dynastyers used to say, "Oh, he, his defense isn't playing well." Deshaun Watson threw eighteen passes. Nick Chubb rushed for one hundred four yards. Deshaun Watson threw for one hundred sixty nine yards. He had short fields all day because of his turnovers. I just – I don't see where Carson Wentz goes from here. I I truly don't. I truly, truly, truly don't. The commanders are going to be in the quarterback market this offseason again, and I would like to see them get Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson could be a good quarterback for them. If they want to bring – skip it to him, walk it to him, limp it to him, Wentz back, and let him – let him be the bridge and then do that. But his time as a full-time starter is done, man. I'm 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 off I'm completely off the Carson Wentz bandwagon. Now at first I was talking a little junk just to you know hopefully to light a fire under him because he's a talented guy. He's not it, man. He's not it. Another place where Cape was right this year. The AFC having one legit playoff team. A lot of people were very fond of the Tyreek Hill signing of the all the talent that they brought in on the Miami Dolphins side of the football. Right. And I was as well. You know, Tyreek Hill is a big time player, top three receiver in the league, in my opinion, you know, and then they had they not only had Mostert, they had Chase Edmonds. Then they made the move Edmonds for Wilson at the deadline. And that was a great move, you know. I was impressed by the front office. I'm impressed by their head coach. I just was never sold on Tua as a quarterback. And that was the drawback for me with the Dolphins. Now, maybe if they replace that quarterback with, say, a Lamar Jackson next year, then we're cooking with grease. Maybe if they replace Tua with a Tom Brady? We're cooking with Crisco. But as far as replacing with a Jimmy G or a Derek Carr, I think he'd be better off just keeping two at this point. But like I said, man, the Dolphins, I wasn't too high on them. I I knew Tyreek was going to put up good numbers because that's Tyreek Hill. He's, like I said, top three receiver in the league. But in terms of them as a whole, I wasn't too sold on that team. The New England Patriots, I picked them to finish last in the division. They're the least talented team in the division, and they have defensive coordinators and special teams coordinators calling plays. Matt Patricia needs to be fired, or he needs to be reassigned. Whatever they need to call it, he does not need to be calling plays for Mac Jones in that offense next year. They need to get a young OC in there, To help Mac Jones. And if we're talking about limited quarterbacks, that's another reason why I picked the Patriots to finish last. I thought Mac Jones was going to be the worst quarterback in the division. So I was wrong there. We'll get to where I was wrong a little bit, a little bit later, guys. So, you know, just calm down. But Mac Jones is very limited and he's being handcuffed by his play caller who is <laughs> incompetent so I just I don't know how that's a recipe for success whatsoever last but not least my gents this one's gonna hurt me I believed we could have made a playoff run this year but it would have all had determined on the play of Zach Wilson and We're clearly seeing now that Zach Wilson might not be the guy we thought he was. I mean, that's not to say that Zach Wilson's NFL career is over. I say he needs to get a shot on another team. But it all depended on how he did, and he, he came up short a lot of games. I know some people look at, oh, his record was good as a starter. Yeah, but... That doesn't matter. (laughs) That doesn't matter at all, in my opinion, because in terms of his play, when we needed him most, he was nowhere to be found. There's a reason. There's a reason that his teammates were rallying behind Mike White so much. That's all I'm going to say. There's a reason. In his nine games this year, he was five and four as a starter, 1,688 passing yards on 54.5% completion percentage, which is down from his rookie season, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. All of these numbers are down since his rookie season. And if people are saying, okay, he won, okay, but these numbers are almost equal to his rookie season, and a season that he did not win. So what is it – what should make me think that he'll win when these numbers are the same, if not worse, than when he went 3-10 and 10 as a starter? Does that make sense? Mike White – and see, that's another thing. That's another thing I want to mention about this team, man. I truly thought we had a diamond in the rough. I used to talk Mike White up like he was the next guy. Next dude, man. If we're talking about winning, at least we can say Zach Wilson had a winning record as a starter this year. At least we can give him that, you know? Mike White in his four games started, one and three. 59% completion percentage, 1,192 passing yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions. Limited. These... You know how Russ was saying, unlimited? The Jets quarterbacks are limited, very limited. And even with all those weapons they had, it makes no sense that that offense wasn't better. And when Brees Hall went down, I kind of knew. The writing was on the wall, man. I I, kind of knew. I kind of knew it was going to be a lost season. And the only competitive team out of this division was going to be the Buffalo Bills. I was right by that. I don't want to toot my own horn too much, so I'm going to kind of switch back and forth from where I was wrong to where I was right, if that's okay. Uh, one of the things I was wrong this year, like I said, Zach Wilson. Believing in him. Believing in Mike White. Just the Jets, the, the Jets quarterback room in the Jets playoff chances as a whole. I was just completely wrong. We're probably going to be last in that division again, even though we did win more than a lot of people predicted us to win. Off or not. Another thing I want to say that I was wrong about, and I really want to tip my hat to these two teams. I was wrong on the positive side for those teams opposed to wrong. When I say that, I'm saying I was wrong because I thought those teams were going to be worse than they were and ended up being better. They ended up actually being, you know, competitors. The Cincinnati Bengals, the LA Chargers. Now, I wasn't high on the Bengals Super Bowl run last year, and I say that because the playoffs is its own different season in a sense. You know, they kind of caught lightning in a bottle and they went on a road playoff run similar to what Aaron Rodgers did when he won his only Super Bowl. It's a lot to try to duplicate that, you know, and I didn't believe they would. I truly didn't. I didn't think they would be the same team. And with Joe Burrow getting sacked and the way they started off at the beginning of the season, I was kind of right at the beginning. But, man, this man Corey has been telling me this for a while. We need to talk about Joe Burrow on the level of Apache Mahomes, on the level of Josh Allen, on the level of those guys. He's a top five quarterback in this league. And I know one of the episodes on here, it was a conversation of Dak versus Joe Burrow. That is no longer, that should not be a conversation ever again. Joe Burrow needs to be in conversation with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And to be honest, he needs to only be in conversation with Patrick Mahomes. And I say that because those are the only two that have played in the the Super Bowl. So like I said, man, they started off their first six, seven, eight weeks. Man, they were about four and four, and I was like, "That division's tough. They're gonna they're gonna struggle trying to get back in that division." I thought Pittsburgh was gonna be okay. I I knew kind of Baltimore was gonna be what they were, and I thought the Browns would have been a little better even without Deshaun. But man, since week nine, they have yet to lose a game. So, for what it's worth, seven game winning streak. They're the hottest team in football right now. Darius was wrong about the Bengals. Another team I was wrong about was those LA Chargers, man. I didn't see them making the playoffs this year, and they've already secured their playoff spot. Justin Herbert is just great, man. Justin Herbert's a great player. He uh man, he just he just gets it done. I mean. I still don't believe in that head coach, man. I still don't know if he's the guy that can elevate Justin Herbert to the Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback that he could be, that he could be, because he's on that next tier. I feel like he's on that tier with Trevor Lawrence, like Deshaun, if he gets back to what Deshaun can be, he's on that tier of guys that can be successful in the NFL and can win you a Super Bowl and can do it in spite of a lot. So, Over the past four or five weeks, man, they, they've lost only one game. That was a fluke game to the Raiders. In the last six weeks, they're five and one. They're they're looking like they're gonna be a tough team. And I don't think anybody would want to see them in that first round. Especially with them, with them being, if I'm not mistaken, they're a five seed. I just looked at it. Yeah, with them being that five seed, like I said, that Jags and Chargers matchup will be a good matchup of Elite, elite, elite quarterback play. And again, I was completely and utterly wrong about the Chargers. So, Charger fans, I apologize. I want to see what y'all do in the playoffs now. Getting back to toot my own horn a little bit, man. Gotta 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 do that some more, you know. A couple of the places where I was correct, Tom Brady. No, not just Tom Brady. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I predicted him at the beginning of the season to win that division. I predicted him at the beginning of the season to make it to the playoffs. I predicted him at the beginning of the season to not only make it to the playoffs, but to make it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And my prediction is still holding true. Tom Brady played his best game this season when it mattered most. They played Carolina this week for the division in so many words. The winner of that game was going to win the division, and Tom Brady showed up to play. Tom Brady showed up to play. Tom Brady and Mike Evans looked like they had not lost a step. Tom Brady went 34-45, 342 yards passing, 432 yards passing and three touchdowns. They have no running game. I mean, they their running game is non-existent. I, I don't expect it to be. They rush for 67 yards as a team, but Tom Brady had four touchdowns, three in the air, one on the ground. Mike Evans, like I said, virtuoso man. Ten catches, 207 through the air, three studs, man. Those were and they were not dink and dunk touchdowns, they were long touchdowns. One, if I'm not mistaken, was like 30 yards, one was for 50, and one was for like 67 yards. Tom Brady's looking like he's hitting his stride, looks like he's figuring out with his best receiver, and that's what he needs going into the playoffs. So, the Cowboys, y'all might be in trouble. Another place where I was right. Trevor Lawrence, I was a fan of the of – the, I was a fan of him. Coming into the league, I was a fan of the Jags in that division. I was a fan of them at the beginning of the season. I, I I believe they could have been a sneaky playoff team. I didn't see them winning this division because of the talent that was in the division. You know, I truly thought the Titans would have won it, but I did see them being a a playoff team, and he's making me a truth teller. In the last, through the last six weeks, it's five and one. One of those victories did come against my, my lowly jets, unfortunately, but the only L it was kind of a bad L to the lions, but the lions have been doing that to a lot of people this year. So I don't hold that against them too much, but when they get into the playoffs, Nobody's gonna want to see that team that team has a lot of firepower. They did go on an ugly five game losing streak earlier this year, but they had some tough comp but since but since the the after their bye week, man that bye week has rejuvenated them and they're looking like a scary 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 team so I'm glad to say that I was right about trevor Lawrence not only being a transcendent talent because I did tell Henry that as well but he's going to be a top 10 quarterback next year and that's why I drafted him on my fantasy team until Deshaun came back that's why like I said I believe in Trevor Lawrence at the beginning of the year and going forward he's going to get into the upper echelon don't be surprised if within the next two to three years he's competing for an AFC championship with those three big gun quarterbacks. Don't be surprised. Last but not least, another place where I was correct. Sauce Garner, man. Being legit, being the guy. Specifically, though, I want to I want tip my hat to the Jets front office because, you know, even though, like I said, I was low on them losing and everything this past week. They got it right with those draft picks. Brees Hall, stud. Sauce Garner, stud. Garrett Wilson, stud. Those three are three major building blocks for us. Now, Jermaine Johnson, the second in play a lot this year. He 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 played in spurts, but when we start opening up the off the defense for him a lot more, I feel like he'll be a guy. And I want to see I want to see Jeremy Ruckert on the field a lot more as a tight end, but with Conklin playing the way he played, you can't argue not playing him. So that draft class, that I feel like that draft class can be game-changing for the Jets. If we get a quarterback around that team, oh, my gosh. If we get a quarterback, that Jets team can be so, so good. I'm just hoping they're looking at a quarterback this offseason. Especially a veteran guy. I know they were saying Derek Carr. I don't want Derek Carr, man. I know they said call for Kirk Cousins. I don't want Kirk Cousins. We were flirting with Kirk Cousins when he left the Commanders. I don't want him. <sighs> give me a, give me a Tom. Give me a Aaron. Give me a Lamar. Lamar save New York. Save New York, Lamar. But yeah, like I said, that 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 draft class legit that draft class will be something in the future and I'm happy to be a Jets fan to see him see him develop you know so where I was wrong because you know I got a, I got a couple more of those because I I hate to say it but uh, this year I was I was honestly wrong I was right but hey you know when you do this sometimes that's the case you know two teams that I was Utterly wrong about, utterly wrong on the negative side, meaning I thought they were going to be this good team, and they folded. Oh, my gosh, the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, oh, man. I don't know what I was thinking, believing in those two teams, but I won't do it again. The Raiders are at the point where they just sent Derek Carr home. They said, you know what, Derek Carr? It's it's pointless to keep playing you. We're going to see what Jared Stidham is. And to be honest, Derek Carr has been a mainstay for that team for the last eight, nine seasons. I mean, with all the things he's dealt with, I mean the Henry Rugg situation, and just it's it's not been a good run for him. I mean I just I hate it. The, the draft picks they've missed on Alex Leatherwood, Henry Ruggs, uh the, the cornerback they drafted out of Ohio State that ended up got caught up with the guns and getting cut. Like it's just it's been one thing after another after another after another. Oh, and don't even let me forget about John Gruden's situation. How is anybody supposed to be successful with so much turmoil, so much? negativity coming out of the front office, coming around you. But yet and still, Derek Carr shows up to work, does his thing. You know, he he had a career year last season. And, I mean, this season, although he's leading league in interceptions, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 picks on 61% completion. It's not awful. 63-79 and record as a starter. It's not awful. 35 touchdown passes. Uh, 35,000 passing yards in his career, 217 touchdowns to 99 picks. It's not awful. You can win a lot of games with Derek Carr if he's in the right situation. And one of the situations I would like to see Derek Carr in, put him in Indianapolis. Give him that. That that might be a little more turmoil for him. But when they figure out the coaching situation, put him. Put him in Indianapolis. Get him a coach that believes in him. Get him a coach that. Knows what he can do. Jonathan Taylor will be healthy again. They're a team set up pretty much like the like the Las Vegas Raiders. I know they don't have a Devontae Adams. He can just throw the ball up to and pray he comes down with it. But they do have a Jonathan Taylor who, if he gets back being healthy, he can be a Josh Jacobs guy. Cause I feel like Josh Jacobs is due for a d- regression next year. Uh they have a good old line. Hopefully it'll get back healthy. Michael Pittman's a good receiver. He's capable. And then they have a defense. That's one thing that the Raiders, unfortunately, did not show a lot of this year is defensive ability. So hoping Derek Carr gets another shot. I know he will. I'm hoping it's a, a lot better situation than what he's leaving in Vegas. And, you know, hey, if Derek Carr is the best option, I would. if we can't get on Lamar Jackson, we can do a lot worse than Derek Carr. I would not mind Derek Carr for the chance. At least I know what I'm getting. At least I'm not expecting him to be, you know, this superstar quarterback. At least he'd be a a really good starter for us. I would not be mad at that. So, can do a lot worse. And, yes, the Denver Broncos. Bronco country, let's hide. Man, oh, man, oh, man, was I wrong about y'all. Beginning of the year, man. I truly, truly, truly thought that the Denver Broncos would have been comp for the for the Chiefs this year. I really did. And you know, I thought that for the simple fact of me thinking Russell Wilson would have had, and I hate to say this now because I feel like such a, a a dumb dumb, but I truly thought Russell Wilson would have had a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Heck, even a Matthew Stafford level of impact on a new team, you know, taking that team from, oh, we're just good enough to we can win with this guy. This guy is an elite quarterback compared to what we had. And going from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke to Russ <laughs> seems like it was a lateral move. And who would have thought that? So I just 4-12, and 12, man, they got they they got beat by the Chiefs this past week. The week before they got 51 hung on them by the Rams, who started in Baker Mayfield. So Nathaniel Hackett's gone, man. I uh I don't I don't wish that situation on anybody. You know, it's not too many coaches that could go in and solve that, go in and fix that situation right now. And so whoever does, whoever gets that job. My prayers will be up to you, man. They are they are cap strong. They are they are not in a good place right now. Draft picks are at a premium or at a, at a limit. I shouldn't say a premium or they're limited due to the trade for Russ. So I mean, got to see what you got to do with that. Uh, Russ is is holding that team hostage for the next four seasons, three to four seasons. Dare I say it? So. It's going to be tough for them man it's going to be truly tough and last but not least it I would be remiss if I don't talk about where I was wrong with this last topic because I, I and I have to I have to tip my hat to this kid man I have to like I, I just I, I have to man I was completely and utterly wrong about Kenny Pickett I called Kenny Pickett at the beginning of the year, baby hands. Oh, he can't grip a football. Oh, he's going to, if he grabs his Beats case, or if he grabs his his AirPods case, they're going to take up most of his hands. The PS5 controller is too big for his hands. I said everything under the sun about Kenny Pickett. I'll be honest with you. I did not believe But, man, when I tell you Kenny Pickett has made a believer out of me. In the 12 games he's played, 11 started, he's 6-5. and He's thrown for 2,209 yards, six touchdowns, nine interceptions. Doesn't sound the greatest, but when we also factor in his ability as a rusher, he has 236 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. Now, Kenny Pickett is a – interesting player with the team he plays on they're set up perfectly for him this is his first bit of NFL action and man he's grabbing a bull by the horns and he's doing the thing man I I like Kenny Pickett the team the the game that made me a believer in Kenny Pickett honestly was that New Orleans Saints game when they beat them 20 to 10 he threw for 200 yards rushing rushed for another 51 in the score he just he has it I mean I I don't really know what to say about him except he has it. He's a gamer, man. He's he's truly a gamer. And I feel like the situation he came to couldn't have been better for him. You know, with Mike Tomlin being a Hall of Fame caliber head coach with the running game they have, Nachi Harris, he even though he had a down season. I believe in Najee Harris to have a bounce back here. Najee Harris, I mean, he's he's one of the better running backs in football. They got rid of Claypool, and it seemed like their offense got better. I mean, and uh, Deontay Johnson's a good player, but what they need to do, they need to get that man the ball more on the outside. They have a good weapon, and when Kenny Pickett and him continue to grow together, then I truly think that team can be something to that that team can be something, man. They they have a lot of talent on offense. They really do. And 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 Pickens, Pickens coming into the league, man, he was a highly touted recruit. I mean, he almost led them in receptions now, and he didn't even start every game. So they they, they have something cooking there, man. I like that team a lot. And as long as they still have TJ Watt and, and Minka Fitzpatrick on that defense, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. So, yes, those are a couple of situations where Cape was right and where Cape was wrong. You know, I was I was off of my Jets, man. I just I, I hate to think about it because man, we uh we could have been better. But you know, it's okay because there was just something that came over the pressure and actually the Jets just hired me as the GM and head coach. Yes people, this is a new segment we're bringing into the Dynastyers podcast specifically for the Cape's Corners episodes. They're basically called now what. That's what we're going to call this segment. Now what. You're the head coach, you're the GM. Now what? Now the team i'm going to take over of course is my new york jets you know uh got to take them over got to try to got to try to fix this man got to because we 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 had a great draft last year and i want to try to i want to try to fix us because we we need help we 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 need help we need help you know we do we do we do and so with The draft right around the corner with our draft picks that we have. Right now, I'm looking at the Jets picks. The Jets have the first round 13th pick, second round 43rd pick, third round 74th pick, fourth round 111th pick, two fifth round picks, one at 147 and one at 176. And so if I'm looking at that, looking at our draft right now, What are the things that the Jets really need? So I'm the GM and the head coach of the Jets. I feel like first and foremost, we need to improve the offensive line. We need to. offensive line has to be a concern this offseason. We never know if Mekhi Becton will come back and be that guy that we thought he'd be coming into the league, but we know we have some pieces on our o line. Vera Tucker looks like he can be a Pro Bowl guard for years to come. And we have to continue to build on that O-line because if we don't, then whatever quarterback we bring in is going to get hit a lot. And so that's what I'm trying to avoid. So with with our first round, 13th pick, mm -hmm. I am going to have my New York Jets take Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern. With the way I see the first round going, there will be a lot of skill players that are taken over him. He's projected as the best offensive lineman in this draft. And I feel like if he can be there for us at 13, that would be tremendous because with, With the way the draft is looking, Houston will be most likely picking one. Chicago will be picking two. Seattle will be picking three based off of Denver's pick. Arizona has fallen all the way to four. Indianapolis will be picking five. Atlanta at six. Uh, Detroit at seven. And if I'm not mistaken, the Detroit pick is also off of the Rams trade that they made for Matthew Stafford. Carolina will be picking at eight. Raiders will be picking at nine. The Eagles will be picking at 10 based off of, if I'm not mistaken, the Saints draft pick. I know that's someone else's pick that they have. I have to go back to confirm that. But 11 will be Houston off of another trade they they made. If I'm not mistaken, that's the Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, 12 will be Seattle. It'll be Seattle's pick. 13 will be looking like us. So if we can get either Peter Skronsky at 13, or Paris Johnson, the big offensive tackle out of Ohio State at 13, then that's a win for me, man. We have to fix the offensive line. The offensive line is an issue for us, and it doesn't matter who we put at quarterback, man. Whoever we start at quarterback, it's going to be a problem because at the end of the day, if you can't block for nobody, then it's going to be a problem. You know, I just, I, I I hate it for us, man. I really do because you thought we, we really thought we had a guy. I'll be honest. We thought we had a guy. We thought Makai Becton was going to be that guy, but it's just with Makai Becton's injury history. And maybe it's because he's a little bigger. I don't know. Maybe he needs to look to cut down a little weight. And, you know, maybe that'll help his entry history a little bit, but I still believe in Makai Becton. I wouldn't like to see us give up on him, but I would like to see us draft somebody to help on the O-line because with Dwayne Brown being on the O-line, with with DuVernay Tardiff, he used to play for the Chiefs and the Chiefs got rid of him. George Fant is an older guy, you know, with we just we, we we need some talent on the offensive line. Connor Mcgovern's a good center. I love Connor Mcgovern as the center, and him and Vera Tucker can be two staples of the O line. You know, two guys. Mike Rimmers is another older guy we might need to look to replace. Even Lincoln Thomas, a uh, Tom- Tomlinson. If Lincoln Tomlinson is a guy that wants to play, continue to play for us. I like that. I like him as a guard, but in terms of the tackles. We need to get a tackle. We need to get a quarterback. I truly agree with that. We need to. Second round, 43rd pick. If I'm looking at that, man, 43rd pick. Another piece of help that we need is linebacker. You know, I really feel like we need to assist our defense. And we saw that going against Seattle. Seattle just ran all over us. You know, Seattle really had their way and they were able to dominate us front seven wise. Now I have three picks here for this second round, 43rd pick. If we want to play the long game, then I say we take a flyer. Then I say we take a flyer on Nolan Smith out of Georgia, the defensive end. He he was injured. You know, he didn't play, but he has great speed off the edge. You know, he needs to, he needs to get a little bigger, but, you know, coming coming into the Jets, he won't have to play every down. We can do him similar to how we did Jermaine Johnson, bring him in for a play, bring him in for two, three plays, situational edge rushing. And then in the future, if we can deploy a defensive line that has Quinnen Williams in the middle and then Jermaine Johnson on one edge, Nolan Smith on the other edge, and then we can play JFM, John Franklin Myers, either at the, the, the other three, or he can switch with Jermaine Johnson because Jermaine Johnson has versatility. That could be something for our front seven. If we do decide to go linebacker, I have two linebackers, and I want to know what you guys think about that. Please let me know. Noah Sewell, Panay Sewell's brother out of Oregon, Stud. He was a stud for Oregon this year. He was he was their guy. Noah Sewell was tremendous on that defense for the Ducks. And I feel like he could easily come in and translate to the next level. You know, he's he was highly recruited out of he was highly recruited coming into college. He was a, a five-star recruit, the number two inside linebacker in his class. And so him coming in would be amazing. His stats right now on the season are. 55 tackles, one and a half sack, and one interception. I mean, you can do a lot worse than that, man. You can do a lot worse. That was his last season. Yeah, that was his this season. Last season, he put up 114 tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception. So, he's been a mainstay for their defense for two years now. The staple. And, I mean... 6'2, 253. He's a I feel like he's gonna test well. I feel like he's gonna test really well at the combine. He tested well in high school. So I mean, it's like they got him at 6'2, 260 coming in, and he, he ran 4'6. They compared him to Devin White. So I mean, we can do a lot worse than a the guy they compared to Devin White coming into the league. And if he's not there by any chance, then I would like Henry Tatoo. Out of Alabama, Henry Tatoa is a good, a good linebacker as well. I just, the only thing about the linebackers from Alabama, we kind of swung and missed on, on some Alabama defenders prior. And so that's my only drawback with them, but that's, that's not neither here nor there you know he came in highly recruited as well The number three outside linebacker in his class in 2019 committed to Tennessee and with the way he played on that University of Alabama defense this year I mean 94 tackles two and a half sacks he was able to get to the quarterback a lot so I mean maybe maybe we want to look for a guy that can cover a little better but I mean he produced at Tennessee he produced at Alabama. Last season in Alabama, 111 tackles, four sacks, a forced fumble. He caught a pick his sophomore season at Tennessee, 76 tackles, two pass deflections, and a sack and an interception. So it seems to me that they did play him off ball a lot. The only thing is he's a little smaller at 6'2", 230, but I feel like he'll also test well at the combine speed wise. So I would like to see us look for something of that nature in terms of the second round pick. I wouldn't want to use a first round pick on the off ball linebacker, but those are two team needs offensive line and linebacker. I feel like we can go and tackle those. Maybe, maybe getting an edge. If, like I said, if we're unable to get those linebackers, Nolan Smith is right there and he can be a guy to play for us. So. With that third round pick at pick 74. My Jets, my Jets, where are we looking at 74? So we've already tackled two, two to three needs. Offensive offensive line, we've tackled with Peter Skronsky or Paris jo- Johnson. That's tackled. We're good there. Linebacker slash edge, depending on if we go Henry too or if we go Noah Sewell or if we go Nolan, Nolan Smith, excuse me. I lost his name for a second. If we go Nolan Smith, then we might want to go with another edge because Nolan Smith might not be ready to play in week one. Hopefully he would be, but if not, it's cool. I feel like that would be a play for the future, like I mentioned. So looking at the third round, we still see the need of cornerback. We could still use another wide receiver. We could maybe use another Running back just with Brees' injury, just to make sure we're good. I see the quarterback need is still there. And I mean, I I don't really think a quarterback here would be smart. I don't think there'll be one here worth taking. If if we want to look at a receiver, if we want to look at a cornerback, maybe Eli Ricks out of Alabama. Like I said, we have we have bad experience taking cornerbacks out of Bama. So would they want to maybe roll the dice on that again? I don't know. Two guys I really like though that are projected third, fourth round: KJ Henry out of Clemson. This is on. They're two complete different sides of the ball. KJ Henry out of Clemson. He was highly, highly recruited coming into the league, man. KJ Henry, he he dealt with a lot of injuries at Clemson. He did, but now that he's healthy, I truly think he could be a guy for us. You know, this season has been his most healthy season and he's played particularly well. 51 tackles, three and a half sacks. I mean, last season, like I said, limited play, 22 tackles, four and a half sacks. Season before that, 23 tackles, three and a half sacks. He is a senior and he's here. I mean, 6'4", 255, I feel like he'll test tremendously at the combine. Because like I said, coming into the league, coming into college, he was the number two player in North Carolina. He was one of the guys in that class in 2018. So if he can get back to what we believe he can be, then that would be a tremendous pickup for the Jets in the third round. And – Like I said, man, that gives us versatility on that defensive side of the ball that we need because teams feel like they can just run up and down the field on us. We have to try to combat that somehow. And if I'm going on the other side of the football, like I said, a a need that I still see, and this is a player that I liked, particularly at parts during the season, Jada McDaniels. Jada McDaniels at the quarterback position, he – he started off at Arizona State and he he put up pretty good numbers in the Pac-12, but he ended up transferring, transferring and getting a little bit of that, getting a little bit of that uh that SEC love, you know. Went to LSU this past season. He played well at LSU, in my opinion, man. I mean, for what it's worth, two thousand seven hundred seventy-four yards passing, sixteen touchdowns, three interceptions. He was safe with the ball. I mean. They demolished Purdue in their bowl game. So for what it's worth, at like I said, Arizona State, he put up some pretty good numbers, 2,970, 2,943 yards passing, 17 touchdowns to two interceptions as a freshman. His junior year wasn't the best, but he dealt with injuries that year. So maybe with him being healthy now and him having a good build, 6'3", 200 pounds, he's a, he's a mobile guy. Maybe him coming into – and and oh excuse me i forgot i i it would be i would be remiss if i don't mention his him as a runner he rushed for 818 yards and 11 touchdowns for LSU this past season and this is in the SEC so 27 total touchdown passes about uh 27 total passes a uh, 27 total touchdowns excuse me about 3600 all purpose yards for a team that didn't really have a lot of talent, didn't we didn't think much of the LSU team coming into the season. He made them competitive. He made them a team that people want to see, you know? So I can't help but remembering how well he played against Alabama and how they beat Alabama earlier this year. And that Alabama team was head and shoulders, what, what Roman Reigns say, guys, head and shoulders <laughs> above everybody. So it's, come on. He played well this season, so I wouldn't mind taking a third-round flyer on a guy like Jaden Daniels. That'd be perfect. He can come in. He can maybe compete for the job. And, I mean, who's to say Who's to say he wins it? He can end up being a backup. We can always still bring in a veteran guy, bringing in a Derek Carr, drafting a Jaden Daniels. If we end up moving Zach Wilson for whatever we can get, then we have a, a pretty solid quarterback room at that point, you know? If I'm looking at that fourth round draft pick that we have, fourth rounder. This is where things kind of start getting a little murky for me because, man, but you have to hit on these draft picks. These are important draft picks right here. So if I'm looking at the big board, another position we do need is a tight end. Hmm. There's a couple good tight ends out there. I don't know if we find one in the fourth round worth getting Tucker craft. If I'm not mistaken, that's, that's, that's Tyler, Tyler craft. I think that's his sibling. Cade Stover is another good tight end out of Ohio state. He could be a guy. We look at maybe trying to snag in the the fourth round, uh, 406 yards receiving five touchdowns. Maybe that's because he hasn't had a lot of, opportunities with a lot of talented guys there at Ohio State. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, another position it's saying that the Jets do need is, like I mentioned, cornerback. You can always get cornerbacks late, as we've seen with uh, the Seattle Seahawks this past year. Excuse me. Ooh, I just drew a mean blank. Seattle Seahawks got a stud corner in late, late in the draft. A guy I'm a fan of, Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson out of uh, Virginia. He's a he's a good player. He's a good player. He's projected to go in the fourth or fifth round. He's 139th prospect overall, but if if we're able to snag a guy like that, that wouldn't be bad because we need cornerback depth. That's really where we struggle. I mean, Anthony, Anthony Johnson out of Virginia – Anthony Johnson out of Virginia. He officially declared, and yes, so he is on people's draft boards. He's a guy, and I want to see how he does the, at the Senior Bowl. Six-two, two hundred five. He's a man corner. Fifty-one tackles this year, two interceptions. Last season, forty-six tackles, three interceptions in the ACC. I mean, we can do a lot worse than that. We can do a lot worse than that. He's a he's a physical guy. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there and make tackles. I would not. Mind taking another cornerback in the the fourth, fifth round. That's just two possible options, like I said, for that fourth round pick. For the fifth round, we're still in need of a receiver, another running back. This is where I would look to maybe take weapons because the running back position, I mean, you're always going to be able to find talent. And a guy I really like, you guys might look at me like, really? His size is kind of... But Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, he played well against Alabama in their bowl game. I know the score was one-sided, but Deuce Vaughn was one of the players that really assisted Kansas State all year, and especially in that game. I mean, he's 5'6", five, 5'7", five, but he's a, he's a good hands guy. He counteracts what Brees Hall does very well. And we can also use him as a returner, maybe. We can also use him to scheme certain things open. I feel like he'll test okay at the combine. I think he'll probably be like a sub-4-4 guy, maybe 4-4-4, 4-4-3, 4-4-5, somewhere in that range. But I feel like his pass catching is what really will help him. And I would not mind taking a fifth-round flyer on him. I mean, hey, if we're looking at maybe another receiver around that time frame, then that's where it kind of gets a little murky because – a lot of this receiver class is really top, top heavy, topper heavy. So, I mean, and I'll be honest, some of these guys, I don't, I've heard of them, but they're not, I don't, I wouldn't take them over, over Deuce Vaughn. I mean, Deuce Vaughn has been productive. So for one of those fifth round picks, we're going to go Deuce Vaughn. And actually, I did actually see a receiver that late in the draft and I'm I'm pretty knowledgeable of and I liked him a lot this year. CJ Johnson out of ECU. ECU puts out some good receivers. I wouldn't be mad at taking a taking a flyer on him. He might be there in the 6th round or the 7th round if we're to trade up in that draft, in that round or if we have that pick, but if we take a late 5th round flyer on him, I wouldn't be mad. Jaden Hasselwood, that played at Arkansas. He came over from um, Oklahoma, I wouldn't be mad taking a a flyer on him. He's a speed guy. We can get some speed on the outside. He could be another gimmicky guy. Maybe a Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know I'm an Oklahoma guy, boomer sooner. I would have said Keshawn Bucci out of LSU to try to get Jaden Daniels and him back together, but I believe he's going back to school. So if you're not – but to be honest, man, if you're not getting one of these – Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison's. To be honest, I would try to wait till next year because it's. I mean, it gets kind of blurred. It gets kind of blurred after that. It really does. So those are those are some of the draft picks I would make. Just you know, just w- from the draft picks I saw, we had we had about six to seven draft picks. So those are the guys I would look to take. And if I'm looking at it from a GM, from a GM perspective, the Jets salary cap. So going into 2023, the Jets would have $15 million in cap space, right? So 15 million is not bad. That That's good enough to make some moves. You know, we're not cap strung by any means, but we don't want to get to that point because at some point we're going to have to start paying the younger guys and we don't want to have that be an issue. So with 15 million in cap, some of the free agents I would probably look at to, to try to assist with those needs because again, we still have the needs of even though I I took a cornerback, I took a receiver, I, I took our quarterback, I took our cornerback, I took our edge, I took our our offensive lineman. I took our receiver. We still need that tight. I took our running back. We still need the tight end assistance. We can get that tight end room a little better. Can never have too many offensive linemen. You could probably get another safety. I would say bring Jordan Whitehead back. He played well under Salah. But if we're looking to maybe try to shore that up a little bit, then, then, hey, let's, let's, let's take a look. I mean, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's some talent here. We can always get us an older edge rusher, maybe a Jadavian Clowney. We could probably get him for a cheaper deal. Maybe look at James Bradbury, but James Bradbury might look to get paid. I like our I like our corners with DJ Reed and Sauce, so maybe not looking at cornerback. If if we're able to free up some money, why not throw a deal at Avon Bell? I know Jesse Bates still has his contract with the, the Bengals, so, you know, why not if we look to try to sign a running back for cheap why not go for a David Montgomery from Chicago I feel like they'll let him go something of that nature we need to bring Connor McGovern back that's going to be one of our free agents but it's some it'll be some talent out here this isn't the the greatest free agent class but I mean if we can like I said if we can bring in a if we can bring McGovern back, if we can bring in maybe a Jadavian Clowney for cheap, if we can bring in maybe a a David Montgomery for cheap, a two year deal just to help help ease because whether we want to admit it or not, the James Robinson trade was kind of a flop, and so bringing another running back to help ease him back into it would be nice. So, as the GM, as a head coach, that. That takes care of the draft. That takes care of the free agency. Oh, I almost forgot. How could I forget this? The quarterback I would bring on. Almost forgot. That's the most important position. Cause I can't go with Mike White and Zach Wilson again next year. Because yeah, they would they would fire me instantly. Um man oh man. I think the more and more I've thought about it, I feel like Derek Carl could be that guy. I think we can maybe give up a third and a fourth, him, maybe a third and a fifth and bring him in and see what he has. I mean, why Why not? You know, because it doesn't get much worse than what we had with Zach Wilson. So. And even when Mike White played well, and I use well very, very loosely – he didn't win the game. So I, uh I would say Derek Carr might be our, our option. And I only say that because of the amount it would cost to get him trade wise and his contract. So in terms of if we, if we go and get a Lamar, we're going to have to pay him 200 mil. Tom Brady's not going to come for cheap. You know, Dale Jones has the fifth year option. They'll probably franchise tag him in, in New York. Gino, is looking to get twenty to twenty five million dollars a season, which all indi- indications are saying he deserves that. By the way, don't say that's anything wrong with that. And then even the Jimmy Garoppolo is going to look to get some type of money. So I would much rather just try to trade for a guy and have them take some of that contract because man, we we just we don't have the money to to throw a big quarterback like Lamar Jackson, unfortunately. But it's okay. I think my jets will be back and better than ever next year and don't be surprised for in the playoffs next year. You're hearing it here first. So, but yeah, man. And that is another banging, banging, banging video, man. It's your boy Darius capers, AKA Kung Fu Cape on the Twitch, Darius underscore capers or Darius capers on all social medias. And, uh, yeah, man, this was this was a good episode. I touched on a lot of topics I really wanted to touch on. Uh, as we're progressing out of the NFL season, we are going to start bringing a lot more NBA content, a lot more college basketball content, a lot more just sports content in general, man. Just whatever you guys want to hear, sports wise, definitely let us know, and we'll definitely bring it to you guys because I'm interested in having an open open communication with you guys. And yeah, so. In this segment right here of now what? You're the head coach, you're the GM. Now what? This is going to be something that we continue to do. So I'm going to try to bring on a couple of the other the visitors, the other people that run the podcast. I'm going to try to get their opinion on it as well. Just like as a one-on-one type deal, see what they would do as the as the GM, as the head coach for their team. So I feel like as a first first, you know, first time doing it, I set the bar pretty high. Cause I feel like with with all of those moves, we definitely go win the division, or at least be second in the division. <laughs> Forgot about the Bills, so yeah. But uh, but um, you know, it's it's tradition to leave, you know, an episode of dynastiers with some words of wisdom, and with us starting a new year, I wanted to actually leave you guys with three words, and I call this the three C's of twenty twenty three consistency, confidence, and composure. Consistency. You're not going to get great at anything. You're not going to get that body you want in the new year. You're not going to get that job you want in the new year. You're not going to get that knowledge you want in the new year. You're not going to learn that new skill in the new year that you want to learn if you're not consistent. You have to put in the time, put in the work, put in the effort. It doesn't matter what it is, from shooting baskets, doing podcast episodes, to even learning a new language, you're not going to get anything that you want if you're not consistent with it. So one, be consistent in 2023. Two, be confident. God has blessed you to do what you're doing. God has blessed you with the knowledge that you have. Be confident in that knowledge. Be confident in God for blessing you with that. Be confident in believing yourself and know that you can do it. And not only be confident, but have composure, man. Pressure busts pipes. Coal under pressure makes diamonds. You have to have composure in tough situations, and you will be fine. I love you guys. God loves you. This has been another great episode of the Dynasty's Podcast, Capes Corner. And until next time, I love and appreciate you guys. Peace.